0: fire 1311 no matter what you do always think like an owner
1: hey fire nation and welcome to eo fire where i chat with inspiring entrepreneurs seven days a week are you ready to create grow and monetize your podcast visit freepodcastcourse.com and ignite As a veteran, I know how hard it is looking for a career after the military, but what if I told you there was a way to put everything you learned from the military into good use where you get to help others? That's what owning an Allstate agency is all about. Visit allstateagent.com slash fire to find out more info. Light that spark, Fire Nation. John Lee Dumas here, and I am fired up. To bring you our featured guest today, Patrick McGinnis. Patrick, are you prepared to ignite? I'm ready. Let's go. Yes. Patrick is the author of The 10% Entrepreneur. In his book, he reveals how a part-time entrepreneur has built a diverse portfolio of investments in new ventures in the United States, Latin America, Europe, and Asia. Patrick, take a minute, fill in some gaps from that intro and give us a little glimpse of your personal life.
0: Sure. So the ironic thing is that when I was uh, in grad school, I actually invented the term Fear of Missing Out or FOMO. (laughs) Uh, That's my little claim to fame. And the irony of that is that I actually was missing out on a lot because after grad school, I became an investor and I was investing in companies as a private equity investor and a venture capitalist, all kinds of things like that. But I never actually was an owner of anything. I never actually started anything, invested in anything personally. And once I got going on it, I realized that I'd been missing out on that the whole time. And so over the last five years, I've basically been working hard to build this portfolio and I've been lucky enough that I've been successful and people have started calling me up and saying, how do you do this? I want to do that too. So I wrote a book about how to do it. And you know, if the whole experience of writing the book and interviewing people all over the world who are doing this got me pumped up about helping other people to do it as well.
1: Well, I love your journey, Patrick. And I actually love when my childhood kind of intermingles with the current life. And as you and I were talking in the pre-interview chat that I like to have, I mean, this guy, Fire Nation, was interviewed by my father for Georgetown, then he went, and he had my grandmother as his home economics teacher, and we have friends in different area codes from Maine as well that he knows, so it's just cool like when you have people from your past and have connections to people from your past, it's just going to intermingles in the future right now, or the present, I should say, and I think it's going to set up for quite the interview, but you know how I always start, Patrick. And that's with the dollars because as entrepreneurs we're looking to build viable businesses and that's what you've been able to do. So let's kind of unlock that a little bit. How do you in 2016 generate revenue in your business?
0: So my problem was never doing the revenue piece. When, I, when I, I was working in a big corporate environment, and when I left and started my own company, I had a bunch of clients that I took with me. So I always had like the, the money coming in to pay my life and be able to afford to you know pay the rent and vacation and food and all that stuff. What worried me, where I was focused, was how do I build long-term value? How do I own something that's going to basically accumulate in wealth over time? And so what I've done over the last five years is invest both my capital and my time, 10% of both in basically taking stakes in lots of different companies. And so I built up this portfolio of 20 investments, 21 actually, and everything from a tech company to real estate deals to, uh, I actually invested recently in a West End theater production in London. And all of these things are managed by other people. I'm part of the team. I invest. I help them to grow. But I have other people whose hard work is helping the value of all those investments to increase. And so I have my Steady Eddie consulting business. I work with the World Bank. I work with an investment investment firm and they pay me on retainer and I and I have that kind of comfort, but I have all the upside that I wouldn't have had otherwise of being an owner in lots of different types of ventures.
1: So a lot of our listeners, Patrick, are bootstrapping entrepreneurs, people that are really looking to be frugal, watching every penny that comes in, investing it all back in their business. So the thing that they're probably going through their mind right now is like, I don't have any money to quote unquote invest in something, Like, and where would I even start? Like what would you say, Patrick, to Fire Nation? Again, the majority of people that are listening, you know, they are really looking to build a viable business that generates revenue, what would you say to them if they're looking to maybe explore some things that you've had success with in life?
0: Yeah, absolutely. Well, this is something everybody can do. And what's so exciting is, you know, I I wanted to find lots of stories of people from all over the place doing all kinds of things who didn't necessarily have money to invest. It's great if you have the money, And if you do, then you and maybe you will later on the line, you'll be able to consider investing and and becoming an angel investor or something like that. But when you're getting started, there's lots of things that you can contribute to businesses that aren't money but that are worth stock, that you can trade for stock. And whether that's coming up with a marketing plan, whether that's helping out with a website, whether that's coming up with a logo, whether that is coming up with key hires or introductions or clients, anything you can do that will help a small company to become more successful is worth something because you know one thing that we always forget is that small companies they don't have a lot of cash necessarily to pay out to people but they have equity and so you can trade your 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 skills your talents your relationships in exchange for equity so for example there's great stories out there of people who have come up with a marketing plan and given an hour or two a month to get a couple percentage points of a company and then over time as that grows that can be worth hundreds of thousands or, you know, depending on the case, even millions of dollars. And so if you do that over and over again, it's not about time. It's about taking what you're good at and giving it to other people in exchange for a little ownership stake in their company.
1: Fire Nation, I love this because there's one thing that we all have. That's the ability to hustle, sweat equity. We can do this. So if you identify opportunities, like go hat in hand. Say, hey, I will work for you for free or I will do X or Y or I will exchange services for you to make it happen because guess what? A lot of businesses, a lot of companies, they're bootstrapping themselves. So they would happily exchange services because they don't have the cash in hand. They don't have that revenue coming in the door yet. So they need to keep expenses low. And sometimes the only equities that some companies have is actual equity in their company. So think about that. Be inventive and make sure that word hustle is always at the forefront of your vocabulary. Now, Patrick, I do want to shift because you graduated from Georgetown in 98. You've been all over the world since then you've done a lot of things in business since then you've been an employee you've been an entrepreneur you've been a mix of both what is your worst entrepreneurial moment to date and Patrick really take us to that moment in time and tell us that story
0: Well, the the moment that I want to key in on is the moment where I actually figured out that I had been failing to be an entrepreneur. And that's the day that in 2008, I was working at a private equity firm that was a division of AIG. I had been very successful. I had been promoted steadily, moving up the trail, getting more ownership in our funds, getting those bonuses every year. And then in 2008, AIG blew up and my fund blew up. My stock in the company fell by 97% and I realized I had never diversified myself and I had never, ever found a way to build anything outside of what I was doing day to day. And so I realized that in the failure to be an entrepreneur, actually – Uh, I had to do something differently going forward. And that was for me, it was a really tough experience because, you know, John, you know, you come from Maine like I do. And, you know, it's a simple place. And, you know, we don't have lots of family wealth to fall back on. You know, if if I fail, I'm going to be living in my parents' basement in Sanford, Maine. And they have cable and they have a half bathroom (laughs) down there. But that's kind of it. I don't have something to fall back on. I I, I had to kind of make my way in in the city on my own. And so all of a sudden, all of this hard work, all of this stock, everything that I had disappeared overnight. And I realized the system wasn't what I thought it was. I thought it was this meritocracy and all my hard work would pay off. And that day – something in my head broke, like something in my brain shifted. And I realized, you know, I've got to do something where I build something that's for me that I can own going forward. I didn't know how I was going to do that yet. But I knew that sort of putting my faith blindly in the quote unquote, corporate lifestyle wasn't for me any longer.
1: What was the craziest moments of the AIG collapse? I mean, I know there was a lot. But what was a crazy moment that you think would be an interesting insight for Fire Nation of a behemoth collapsing.
0: Well, it was amazing because... I was in this very cushy job, you know, we would travel around the world and stay in nice hotels and all this sort of stuff. And so I was in Istanbul in the Park Hyatt, which was a gorgeous hotel, and they upgraded me and I had a I had a <laughs> I had a steam room in my room actually, which is which is great, I guess. Oh, uh, all
1: the taxpayers are loving hearing this. Continue, please. Well, exactly, no, it was an
0: upgrade, <laughs> so it wasn't it was it was a very reasonable room, but um that was the day that they decided they wouldn't get – I mean, we're not going to pay our bonuses. And, and I understand that. Like, I, I get how
1: it Now, you don't to give us an exact number, but about how much could a bonus be if you were at a similar place in your career?
0: You could, in, at that point in your career, you're looking at anywhere from three hundred dollars
1: to $500,000. Okay, so this is a chunk of change. Now, what percentage of your overall salary is that about?
0: Probably about around half or so.
1: Okay. So it's
0: meaningful. I mean, you, you know, especially, you know, you're expecting to get that, right? And so I was sitting in my room and I got that memo and and people were really upset about it and I just remember looking at the mini bar and saying like, I'm gonna drink every Coke in that mini bar because at least I'll get part of my bonus out of the oh mini God. bar. <laughs> which is really terrible, actually. But, you know, the thing that I guess, you know, I understood the outrage. But for me, you know, we had people outside our building with signs and they told us we couldn't carry anything with the logo on it. And it really baffled me because there were people in the company who had done terrible things that caused the, you know, the the blow up of the company. I get all that. Our division had nothing to do with it. So you just sort of felt like, you know, I've done everything right. I didn't – I wasn't the guy who took millions of dollars out and ended up losing all this money. No, no, no. We were building long-term portfolios that were actually great but didn't matter. When you're on the bank – when you're on the decks of the Titanic, it doesn't matter what your (laughs) resume says. You still go down with the ship.
1: That is a great analogy, Fire Nation, the Titanic. Wow. So let's do a little bit of a shift, Patrick, because you've had a lot of what I call aha moments, epiphanies throughout the years. What would you say is one of your greatest that you want to share with Fire Nation? Tell us that story.
0: About a year and a half ago, it was June of 2014, and I'm in Boston for my for my business school reunion. And I get an email from a reporter, and he says, I've traced the origin of FOMO back to you. And I I mean I guess I knew I was involved, but uh, <laughs> I hadn't really thought about it, right? And so he wrote this article about me and all my friends and it went out and it got viral and I had been struggling. I had this book proposal that had been rejected by 33 publishers and I was getting used to rejection and and it was frustrating because you know, I understood, listen, I'm a first time writer, but we were rejected over and over and over again. We had learned and we had made the proposal better, but it was still, we weren't breaking through. And the minute that article came out, I got a a meeting with Penguin and two weeks later I had a book deal. And the insight, the aha moment, which I think, and you do this so well, John, (sighs) is creating content and putting it out into the world, things that help people things are insightful things are original and different can take you to places you could never you just don't know what will happen years down the line so if you're starting a business or you're starting something go out there share your insights with the world create content because it can do so many wonderful things not just in terms of you know helping you lay down the line but also you just don't know who it's going to touch who's going to read it who's going to learn from you
1: there's a lot that I want to focus in on there, but that last part is so powerful, Fire Nation. If you're willing to create free, valuable, and consistent content, it will touch people. It will grow an audience for you, that you can then reach out to and say, what is it you're struggling with? They can tell you their problems, their pain points, their obstacles, then you can turn around and create solutions for them to bridge that gap in the form of a product, a service, a community. So important, so impactful in so many ways, if you just are willing to, from the very onset, create that value. So Patrick, that's my big takeaway from your aha moment. What do you, in just one sentence, want to make sure Fire Nation gets from your story?
0: I would say be generous with the things you know and share them with everybody you can.
1: What's your biggest weakness as an entrepreneur? My biggest challenge,
0: and I'm I'm working on this, is I'm bad at saying no. And I think a lot of us, and a lot of us who are out there building things and sharing things and trying to try to trying to change the world around us, we want to be involved with other people. We get excited about other people's ideas and we want to be engaged and we want to be helpful. But there are o- only so many hours in the day. And so for the fairness of the people you're working with into yourself and your family and everybody around you, you've got to be very rigorous about how you spend your time. And I have really focused on that this year, but it's an area I would say that still needs improvement.
1: All you have is time, Fire Nation, and when you say yes to something, that can be okay. But just realize, just know for a fact that you are saying no to everything else. So if you're willing to say no to everything else for that yes, then by all means, jump in and do it. But if you're kind of like, I don't know, maybe I'll say yes. If you say yes to something that's wishy-washy, you're saying no to all the awesomeness that you could be saying yes to down the line. So really weigh those decisions. Now, flipping it, Patrick, what's your biggest strength?
0: The thing that gets me most excited about everything I do is communication. Uh, I've really worked on being a good communicator, whether that's in written form or I speak four languages. I do work all over the world. And I've invested the time to actually try to be a communicator, not just in English but in other languages. And as a result, uh, I felt like I've had unique insights and I'm able to connect with people. And I also at the same time really try to listen. And, and that combination has made it so that I've been learning from everybody around me for the last five, 10 years. And, and to me, that gives me not only uh, sort of insights that I wouldn't have, but it gives me the strength of knowing and the confidence of knowing that it's something that I'm good at and that I want to do.
1: Fine. You know what's kind of funny about listening? People actually start talking and you might have the opportunity to learn from them, to learn, again, going back to what they're struggling with or what they're succeeding with so you can emulate their successes and you can maybe create solutions for their struggles listen it all starts from there now patrick what is the one thing that has you most fired up today
0: the thing that's going got me fired up right now is this my book the 10 Percent entrepreneur is coming out in april of 2016 so right now and the part that really gets me excited, other than the fact that finally all this hard work, it's going to be out in the world and it's going to help people and I'll be able to hear what people think and how they're interacting with it. But I'm excited that it's going to be in a bunch of foreign languages. It's going to go to the four corners of the earth. Wow. And when I, when I wrote the book... The number one thing that I kept in mind was I want everybody on this earth, I don't care where you live, to be able to pick this up and find somebody you can relate to. And so I interviewed people in nine countries on four continents. And so knowing that it's going to be in Chinese and Japanese and Spanish and Thai, it's just to me that that gets me really fired up.
1: I love that in Fire Nation is going to go back to the core. Like what speaks to you as an entrepreneur? What's that voice that message that mission that you want to get out. Now, the 10% Entrepreneur, as this is May, when the interview goes live, it's available. So go check it out. And I want to say we have a lot of awesomeness coming, so Fire Nation, don't go anywhere because the lightning round is right around the corner. We're going to take a quick minute to thank our sponsors. As a military veteran, I know it can be tough searching for your next career, but Allstate has an opportunity you probably haven't thought of. Here's a story about how one veteran made a big career change by becoming an Allstate agency owner. Omar Zaki served in the military and then worked his way up in a corporate career. And maybe like you, he wanted something more. Instead of settling for status quo, Omar took action and opened up his own all-state agency nine years ago. Now, he owns two locations with six employees. Both his previous careers prepared him with the work ethic and self-confidence to reach his goals. Are you looking for a career that's more than just punching numbers? If you're listening to my podcast, and I know you want more than just a paycheck. And if you want a career that helps people, then visit allstateagent.com slash fire after the show to learn how you can own your own Allstate agency. Fire Nation, you might be surprised how many people are looking for your business on Google every day. Not necessarily by name, but by the products or services that your business offers. When people are searching for these things, it means that they're interested in them, and that's exactly when your business should be there. The good news is, it's easy to make that happen. Just run an ad on Google. You don't have to be a marketing genius either. Creating an ad takes just a few minutes. Head on over to eo. Fire to learn more. There's even a special offer waiting for you. That's G.co slash EO Fire. Patrick, are you prepared for the lightning rounds? Uh, I'm definitely prepared. <laughs> <laughs> what was holding you back from becoming an entrepreneur?
0: I didn't know many people who were entrepreneurs growing up in our, you know, in small town Maine. I knew people at small businesses, but you know, it wasn't the. I didn't see people that were building things necessarily. A lot of our families work for companies or the government, and so I didn't really see it. And it took me having you know working with entrepreneurs and meeting entrepreneurs and learning from them to get the confidence to take that risk.
1: Maine is the way life should be, but it's not the entrepreneurial way of life. So uh, <laughs> you're definitely gonna have to go outside of the state for that. Now, what is the best advice you've ever received?
0: I was on this bus trip in Colombia. It was supposed to be 10 hours. We were going from Bogota to the coast. It took 30 hours. We were stopped by the military. We were searched at gunpoint. Um, the toilet broke. Things were running down the aisles. We were, we, were, <laughs> we were stopped by protesters who broke the bus. A lot of things happened. And uh, this was in college. And uh, they couldn't start the bus up again, it was broken. And they said, You have to get off the bus and push and I was walking down the aisle, and I said, no lo puedo creer, which means, I can't believe it. And this woman looked at me, and she says, creelo y vivalo, which means, believe it and live it. And I have always, from that day on, whenever things get a little sticky, that's what I thats what I fall back on, believe it and live it. You have to live in the moment, you have to take what you're given, and you have to make the best of it.
1: I like how you use the word sticky there. Whenever things <laughs> get a little sticky.
0: <laughs> Literally. <laughs> <laughs>
1: believe it and live it fire nation i mean just think about that what else is a better reaction than just embracing the moment whether it's horrendous or amazing and just saying hey i'm going to live this moment and and not escape reality now can you share patrick an internet resource like an evernote with fire nation
0: absolutely so last year i left my laptop in the miami airport lounge and when I landed in New York, I realized I didn't have it and I had my book on there and I freaked out. But I was able to pu- pull up the Backblaze app on my phone Backblaze. and I could, I could check and make sure that all my files were there. So I did get the laptop back, but I knew that no matter whatever happened, Everything was there. And from you know, that was a moment when I was sort of amazed at the at the quality of of their service. They're amazing.
1: If you could recommend one book for our listeners, Patrick, to join the 10% entrepreneur, which is available Fire Nation. What would that book be and why?
0: So the most substantive guide I've ever found for entrepreneurs that I just love is a book called The Entrepreneur's Guide to Business Law. It's by a woman named Constance Bagley. She was my professor in, uh, in, in grad school. And it's great because no matter what problem you come up with, you, you confront as an entrepreneur, you can find the answer in that book. I keep it on my bedside table.
1: Is The 10% Entrepreneur going to be available in the audio form?
0: Absolutely. comes out in April as well. So you can get it in digital in traditional paperback and an audio form.
1: Amazing. Fire Nation, I know you love audio, so I teamed up with Audible, and if you haven't already, you can get an amazing book for free at eofirebook.com. Maybe it's a 10% entrepreneur, who knows? Patrick, this is the last question of the lightning rounds, but it's a do's. Imagine you woke up tomorrow morning in a brand new world, identical to Earth, but you knew no one. You still have all the experience and knowledge you currently have, your food and shelter taken care of, but all you have is a laptop and five hundred dollars what would you do in the next seven days
0: okay I love this question so there's three criteria for me about what I do the first thing is I got to do well so I have to be able to make a living the second is I have to do good I want to make an impact in the place that I've landed and the third is I want to build a long-term value equity value in something that you know someday I could sell and so I was thinking like you know I've actually seen the situation. If you go to Africa, people are building businesses on that kind of money every year. I mean, this is a – people live a life where $500 is their annual income. So what I would do is start a micro-lending business, lending to small entrepreneurs, getting a little equity in their company like a good 10% entrepreneur and build a bank that's micro-lending and also has some little equity stakes that over time will grow to become incredibly valuable.
1: Fire Nation, we're going to end on fire with a parting piece of guidance from Patrick. The best way that we can connect with Patrick, and then we'll say goodbye. So Patrick, parting piece of guidance.
0: No matter what you do, always think like an owner.
1: And the best way that we can connect with you.
0: PatrickMcGinnis.com. Patrick, uh, and then M-C-G-I-N-N-I-S. And if you go to my site, com uh, slash fire, I've got a free chapter of my book and I've got a diagnostic that'll help you figure out the best way for you to become a 10% entrepreneur.
1: Love it, and Fire Nation, you are the average of the five people you spend the most time with. You've been hanging out with PM and JLD today, so keep up the heat and head over to eofire.com. Just simply type Patrick in the search bar. His show notes page will pop up with everything that we've been talking about today. Of course, get that 10% entrepreneur, put it in your pocket, and read it. And if you go to patrickmcginnis.com slash fire, you're going to get the first chapter or a chapter for free along with some other awesome myths. So head on over there, take some action. And I want to thank you, Patrick, for sharing your journey with Fire Nation today. For that, we salute you and we'll catch you on the flip side.
0: Thanks a lot. This has been awesome.
1: And that on Google will help your business find new customers at the exact moment they're searching for what you have to offer. Go to g.co slash eofire to get a $75 credit after you invest $25 in your first campaign. That's g.co slash eofire. Fire Nation, thank you for listening to EO Fire. Visit EOFire.com for killer resources, free trainings, and so much more. If you want some behind-the-scenes intel on how I'm taking EO Fire from a 7- to an 8-figure-a-year business, all from my living room, text EO Fire to 33444 and IGNITE.